Welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us today. This is our Victory XR webinar on the future of virtual reality education, in particular, a school that we are working on, uh, planning to open as a beta next month, June of 2020, and then uh, in earnest this fall. So today to lend some uh, some information and knowledge and wisdom on this subject matter. We have two of our in-house experts. First is Wendy Martin. Wendy is a 20 plus year veteran of the classroom. She is a science teacher. She was a finalist for National Teacher of the Year and always uh, one of the most popular, if not the most popular teacher in her high school. So Wendy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And second, we have our curriculum specialist, Renee Gadella. Renee is not any ordinary curriculum specialist. She has experience in the classroom, which we think brings a lot to the table. Uh, Renee was a, an English teacher, so she keeps an eye on uh, the punctuation, grammar, and spelling in, on our website and all the documents that we put out, which is very helpful. And uh, she also then went on to get her master's in curriculum she spent some time working for Pearson, ETS, and uh, some other companies. And uh, then she became a school board member in the state of New Jersey, but that punishment was not enough, so she became ultimately a school board member in the state of Iowa. Now she is actually on her local city council. On top of all that, she is a mother, and so she knows education from literally every perspective. So that's been very helpful in uh, us putting this together. Thanks. So, yeah, so, so I want to talk a little bit about our vision. We've been, at Victory XR, we've been working on virtual reality curriculum now for, for several years. And we've created initially uh, individual simulator experiences and, and VR headsets, which is where most of the industry is. But having said that, we believe that, that this is one piece of the puzzle, but the bigger piece moving forward will be the shared social learning experience in the classroom, just as students have had for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so we began work uh, several months ago on our own campus, our Victory XR Academy on the Engage platform. And so uh, we're gonna pause for just a moment. We're gonna take a look at our initial tests, our initial testing on, on what it's like to actually have students in a shared classroom, to actually have classroom instru instruction. And, and so, um, Tyler, would you go ahead and pull up uh, that video and, and show it to uh, everybody on here? Now, let's start with the teeth. Everybody uh, look at the teeth on the uh, oral cavity. Give me an example of a digestive issue that would maybe put you in a hospital or make you have to go see see a doctor. Claire, what do you think? Celiac disease. Celiac disease. Has anybody ever heard of?
Thank you, Tyler. So part of the part of the puzzle in figuring out how to do something that really has never been done before is figuring out, you know, what is the use case? You know, we don't want to be those people who are doing education in VR just for the sake of doing education in VR. We have to figure out how does it actually lend to the education experience? How does how is it uh, the same as a real world classroom and how is it better? And why, how can we make the case that students should spend a portion of their time learning in virtual reality? And so uh, Wendy and Renee pioneered this effort along with our technologist, Annie Coyle. And so Wendy, let me uh, throw the first question to you. Talk about your experience in developing this anatomy lesson plan and, and what you were thinking about as you, as you put it together. Well, when I was developing the lesson plan, I really, I mean, I was, I, I was using the same thought process that I would use when I'm developing a lesson plan for a regular classroom. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I hit, you know, certain pieces of information and certain standards and objectives. But when I'm developing it for VR, I also know that I have the ability to do things that I couldn't do in my regular classroom. Um, you know, I can pull a body part out of uh, the stomach, out of the body, and I can pass it around and I can show students. And so that just gave, um, you know, gave me a little more, you know, a little more the ability to, to enhance my lecture by actually giving them this hands-on experience. So I had to, you know, didn't have to, but I did tweak things a little bit um, so that I could talk a little bit more about the structure and function. Whereas in my classroom, you know, I might be able to pop a picture up. I might have an actual model that I can pass around. Um, but in this VR setting, I actually have multiples and each student can have their own um, and they are very realistic and lifelike. Um, so I just knew that I had the ability to do that. So it made it, it made it fun, different. Talk about, so, so in this initial lesson plan you put together, you know, really one of the first ever created in a shared VR classroom, um, what were the different elements? I think you had one, two, three, four, five different elements that you put into this lesson plan that students uh, experienced while learning about the elementary. Right. Well, I mean, we start out in kind of a hospital setting. Um, the, the, the benefit is, you know, we're in this one large classroom learning situation, but I can break it up into multiple different scenarios. So we start out in a hospital setting and you know, kind of talk a little bit about how anatomy and physiology obviously, you know, lends itself to this particular setting. You know, we look at a patient and we can come up with an initial diagnosis. Um, then we have the ability to show a 2D video. Uh, we have the ability to, like I said, pull out organs and actually have students handle and manipulate this 3D organ and look at it from all angles. We have a lab setting where they actually have a hands-on activity where they take these organs and put it into the body. Um, and we also have the ability to take them on virtual field trips. And so we actually took them to the University of Northern Iowa, where they have a synthetic cadaver lab. Um, so, you know, there's just multiple elements, things that you can't necessarily do in an actual classroom, you know, being able to show a video and, and touch the organs and then go to a place in the country or the world while being in this class. Um, all very unique elements. Yeah, you know, to me, what was fascinating about how you approached it is literally within 30 to 40 minutes, you took students to a hospital room with a patient, a, a live patient. 
then you took them into a lab and, hand, and, and, and put your hand inside a human cadaver, pulled out the organs and passed it around to students. Uh, and then you let them take their own organs and assemble their own human bodies. And then you took them to a university all in 30 to 40 minutes. It's, it's, it's an extraordinary use of time. They're extraordinary ways to learn that, that have, has never been possible in the history of humankind before. And you were able to do all of that in Victory XR Academy on the Engage platform in, in really uh, a short period of time. Right. Reflect on that a little bit. It, it's, I mean, you know, it's amazing. I can, you know, stand up normally and maybe, like I said, show pictures or describe the experience of being in a cadaver lab or being able to hold and manipulate an organ. Um, but within our, you know, virtual academy, we can actually do those things. And we can do those things within 10 minutes of each other. Um, what about now, the reaction of the students? How, how was it working with students in this space? First of all, it's just amazing to me that I had students that were really from all over the country, all in this one space. One of the students happened to be one of my actual students in my classroom at Assumption. And so I had a lot of follow-up conversations with him about it. Um, and he, he loved it. I mean, I think that all of the feedback that we got from the students was that it was kind of a wow moment, that they were very impressed. Um, a lot of them had done this type of thing before, but more in a gaming type setting. Um, and I think being able to get them into this virtual world and let them use what they know, but teach them um, was a really cool experience for them. I think that um, I think that it kind of just opened up their eyes that you know this there there are ways that you know ways to teach new ways to teach that can enhance and, and make their education more fun, more exciting for them. Because we are in, these kids nowadays, they are, they are tech savvy. And if we can uh, use that to teach them things, I think everybody benefits, the students and the teachers trying to get the information across. Yeah, and you know, it really struck me, what an amazing thing we were, we were pulling off here when, when a student from Denver, yeah. Standing next to a student from North Carolina yeah, and, it's amazing. and passing a human organ from one to the other. And right. Suddenly space and time come together in one location. So I know. I mean, that's just amazing to think. Yeah, you've got two kids from two different states and they're standing right next to each other and they are sharing a small intestine and passing it back and forth and looking at it. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, and and I loved it. So Renee, um, we spent a fair amount of time learning sort of this was our petri dish trying to figure out you know what works what doesn't work and um, talk to us a little bit about where we go from here we're obviously building out an entire campus now not just one room but an entire campus and, and I know there's a this is a really broad question but but with with some broad strokes talk about what what our next uh, version of this is going to look like and uh, some of the, uh, the, the things you hope to pull off. Well, you know, I, just to underscore what Wendy said, it, it was amazing to have students from all over in one place. And I think from an education standpoint, you know, when you're in a classroom with your students, oftentimes it's reflective of the values of 
that community, but to be able to open it up to, you know, we had students from across the states, we had someone from Canada in there. Once we can bring in more students from all over and share their perspectives from their communities and their learning, it just allows the, the pot of learning material to be so much more increased and, and disseminating all that information um, with everyone's perspective in a collaborative way is is just an amazing way to you know that's what education is all about it's learning and it's not just learning in that one small habitat so the goal of of our academy is to bring in all disciplines um, you know Wendy's referencing a science lesson but we talk about foreign language and math and concepts that might be really abstract to be able to do those in a way that is not just a, a lecture setting or a pen and paper and notepads and sure you can show videos in a classroom but when you have kids who first of all they're super engaged because as Wendy mentioned they're born into this digital age they're used to technology and they want to have as much access as possible. So when we can weave that in like we're doing with the academy and allow students to um, experience education in multiple forms by using our 3D objects to help um, cover those abstract concepts for math, I can see a lot of great use cases, particularly with geometry, um, for language arts, doing plays, because plays are meant to be seen. And oftentimes I know that when I was teaching Shakespeare in a classroom, you know, the students groan, Shakespeare because you're sitting in desks and you're kind of reading lines and analyzing it but to be able to have students do set design and set up props and talk about how the setting might be important to that particular piece of literature um, have students acting things out for others to see um, foreign language will be an amazing um, discipline to bring in because we will have people from all over the world sharing their perspectives of learning. And so uh, the academy is really just meant to help meet students where they are with their technology desires and couple that with where teachers want to always be, which is engaging students, um, disseminating information and knowledge, and then everyone in that space, and in this case, it'll be in virtual reality, um, learning from that and, and taking from that and growing and building on it in real time um, you know, we'll be able to record these lessons and they can be assigned to students to watch or if a student is absent or um, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, these, these will be lessons that are um, memorialized forever, if you will. But to have that live component and that dynamic of asking questions in real time of a teacher who's facilitating a dissection or something of that nature will just allow um, education to permeate way beyond the borders of the four walls that it's usually done within. Uh, one last thing is blended learning is something that has come up um, in my school board time and it's just it's more of a buzzword in education now because it recognizes that technology and, and learning online um, is, a, is another way and a good way to have students learn. So having our virtual reality, um, our campus, the Victory XR Academy, will be such a big piece of the blended learning people are talking about. You know, unfortunately, COVID-19 has forced teachers on the fly and districts across the world, really, to figure out online learning if they didn't have a small component of it. But it is not nearly as dynamic as what we're doing in the academy, where people have avatars representing themselves. And as you mentioned earlier, they're passing around organs or they're standing around a lab table, dissecting an animal, 
and a teacher is there to facilitate, but that learning is just, you know, organically popping up and, and questions are coming up and people are sharing. It's an amazing seismic shift that we've been talking about needing to happen in education to move us out of that traditional kind of static model that we've been doing for more than 100 years and really bring us into the 21st century. So Tyler, would you bring up uh, a couple of our photos from the new campus that's currently under construction? Maybe the, what, what Renee might call the auditorium, what I might call the lecture hall. Uh, yeah, do you, have, um, do you have one of the photos, Tyler, with uh, people in it of the lecture hall, if you do? So this is the, yes, that's the anatomy lab. Let's go back to the anatomy lab initially. So, so what you can see here is uh, in our, I should say it's our biology lab. In the biology lab, you see Geraldine, our friend from Stanford, and uh, myself. Uh, I look a little younger in that, uh, in my avatar. But uh, this is a lab where we will give people the, uh, the options of doing some animal dissection, some uh, human cadaver exploration, and, and other things. Uh, Renee, would you talk specifically about uh, three or four of the rooms and, and take about two minutes on this to cover some of the different rooms that we will have uh, in the, um, on the new campus when we roll it out next month. Sure, so we have um, the auditorium as you see in our biology lab where, as I mentioned, dissections will be done or anatomy and physiology lesson like Wendy was referencing earlier. Um, we'll have a planetarium for astronomy lessons. Uh, obviously at the big, lecture hall or auditorium, what, whatever you would want to call that. Um, and then we talk about, and Steve, you might be better to, to describe the transporter, the very futuristic um, lab that is being designed as we speak. Um, yeah, these are great pictures of the lecture hall here. Um, so that what, the idea is that when teachers select an environment to teach in, they can pair it in a, an environment that's traditional, so to speak, or conducive to that learning. But they also will have options to pick from one of our classrooms that is just different because why not go to Mars, for example, and teach a lesson um, there unless you need special equipment or something that we have um, in one of our other classrooms that are specific to, you know, back to the biology lab. I don't know if we have a, a clear shot. Yeah, you can see the large um, laboratory tables um, behind the student. There are several rows of those, but that we can put organs on or human cadavers. Um, there's one, a big one in the front for the teacher to facilitate, but the students can work collaboratively. So obviously you'd want to come into this one to do do that type of work. But for some of the other ones, for a foreign language class, you're not married to a particular setting of needs. And so you might want to go to our lab where we have um, like the, our museum, where we'll have our uh, journey to civil rights and other exhibits that students can walk down hallways and see curio cabinets filled with 3D objects and larger exhibits, for example, dinosaur, um, fossils and uh, I mean it's the sky's the limit I realize I'm kind of jumping around a bit it's just because there are endless possibilities because we create it all um, and so we're really trying to figure out what um, some of these 
highly usable ones will be things that would save school districts money if they don't have millions of dollars to build a chemistry lab. Um, it certainly would make sense to take their students into our virtual reality chemistry lab um, for safety reasons, for expense reasons, et cetera, and conduct those experiments in there. But we will have um, a handful of these rolling out over the next few weeks to start, but we will build out a full um, virtual reality campus to really address any type of learning and space need that's necessary. Thanks, Renee. Tyler, thanks for showing us some of those images. Yeah, one of, one of the things that Renee touched on that I'm uh, most excited about is our planet, our, our astronomy center. And the astronomy center will have a planetarium initially, so you, you walk in and you can look up and see the constellation, right? But there are places in the United States you can do that. Not, not every school might have that, but you can certainly travel to Chicago or New York and wherever and find a planetarium. But in our astronomy center, sure, you can look at the constellations, but then at the back of the room, we'll have a Star Trek-like transporter room. So you'll head back to the transporter room, the teacher will uh, press the button, and suddenly students will be transported up to a spaceship. And instead of just looking at the stars from planet Earth, they'll be able to look at a nebula or a black hole, or stand on the moon, stand on Mars, all of this from beaming up from our transporter room. So I, I just think that, that when you think about what is the value of VR over just say learning on a, a webinar, a Zoom or, or something like that, Microsoft Teams, those are great tools for a lot of learning. But there are things that VR, that virtual reality can bring to the table that, that can't be brought otherwise. So, um, we've got about nine minutes left. I want to uh, check in and see on some of the questions. Um, yeah, so, so one of the questions is about the art center and how it'll be structured. And, and I think I can, I can take that right now. Um, our goal is to have the art center be two different uh, sections. Section one will be a, a place where we have fine arts from the world's greatest art might be the Mona Lisa, might be a great sculpture, might be the David, whatever. And, and then hologram instructors who teach about those pieces of art. But, and, and so, you know, you can certainly look at these photos in a, in a book, but what if we could bring more to the table, more, more multimedia? But then next to the other part of the art center uh, will be a place for students to do their own art design. Initially, it may be in 2D, but it also, we may be able to launch it in 3D. So anybody can paint in 2D on a canvas in the real world. But we all know that in VR, it's possible to paint in 3D, which is just an, ex an extraordinary experience. And so this is what new uh, VR artists are doing. There's some really great ones out there. And so we're, we're loving that. Let me, um, and, and you know what? Um, if you have ideas, share them with us because uh, we we certainly I think we're humble enough to know we don't have all of the idea all of the answers. Um, so this one's talking about not losing sight of the benefits this model facilitates economically, regulatory, social values, and career paths. Uh, oh, and, and history. Um, Renee, talk a little bit about what we want to do with uh, history, if you would. 
Well, what's great with um, getting involved with history and building lessons for our campus is the ability to, you know, as the comment before mentions economically, this really levels the playing field because we can bring in virtual field trips. We have more than 100 virtual field trips stateside and across the world. Um, we're continuing to build that asset library so teachers can incorporate those into their lessons. So to be able to not just look at pictures in a book or pull things up on the internet, which has been great to till now to do in a class, to be able to drop students literally into a location, a Civil War scene from the East Coast for the kids in California who might never get to see it or if they're traveling to the East Coast, that might not be the reason they're going. Look at some of that rich history that's there or um, the Great Wall of China when you're doing an engineering lesson to be able to take students to the Great Wall, look at its construction from a different from different angles um, and have the aerial footage that we have uh, via drone while we're over there. It's just amazing. And another word that comes up in education a lot that virtual reality really will address is that equity piece because it removes all of those barriers of um, travel time or being able to afford something or the safety of something. When we do it in virtual reality, we have 100% control over it because we're creating it, we're planning it. Um, everything that we will do in our academy, I'm sure we, we probably are the first, but I'm sure we won't be the last, um, but we will be very intentional about um, substantive content, standards aligned content, so that when someone comes to our academy, they have that confidence that everything has been well thought out. It is completely legitimate. They can put it, incorporate it into um, the lesson plan that they want to teach. And history is just, you know, back to that point, just a great place, um, a great discipline to do in virtual reality because you can still do the traditional aspects in the classroom setting but take students on those field trips or bring in 3d objects of you know back to the civil war example of weapons from that time for instance um, so there will be so many different ways students can handle 3d objects from whatever time period that they're discussing or a major event that they're discussing visit locations and it will just bring a, a whole nother level to their learning in that area a really good question on here and so I, this is something i should have addressed up front but the question is is this a school for students or a a platform for teachers which is a great question and and primarily we're building a platform for teachers so um, so just as Wendy is building lesson plans to be used uh, by other science teachers around the world, that's one of her projects now that she built the first initial beta for us, um, we will be, we'll have a call for teachers around the world that want to be a part of this process and to be a part of the team in, in creating curriculum for this virtual reality school and then we will list all of that curriculum that can be searched by other teachers around the world. So, so if you're a history teacher, an English teacher, or a math teacher, or a science teacher, you'll be able to search the lesson plans and then search the virtual field trips, uh, the 3D objects, uh, the 2D videos, and some of the uh, various rooms that we have. And you can build your own class based on a lesson plan created by a professional. So um, we'll, well, you know, our hope is that this is part of a subscription that school districts or schools will uh, will subscribe to, and we we hope that 
the economics makes sense for them. You know, instead of building a, a million to two million US uh, science lab, you can instead buy 20 to 25 headsets, put them on a cart, and then use the science labs that we are building inside Victory XR campus. Wendy, talk a little bit about your hopes um, on the new campus for science and some of the things that you would like to uh, see accomplished as we begin to roll this out next month and in, in the fall. Um, well, like Renee said, there are so many possibilities and one of the, you know, the best things about the, you know, the VR platform is the ability to show the students things that they would not normally be able to see. Like you were talking about, you know, getting into a spaceship and actually going up into, you know, the Milky Way and seeing things like that. I would love to really be able to enhance the um, microbiology curriculum um, in a VR setting you know, talking about the cell and talking about the organelles and talking about atoms and compounds and, you know, being able in DNA um, and being able to actually have that in my hand that I can show the students. Um, you know, there are just, there's just so many possibilities and there's so much of science and chemistry and, you know, even physics that is just unable to be seen with, you know, the naked eye. And I think that we have the ability to actually present that to students and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, our hope is to roll out in between June, July and August with at least 50 lesson plans. Right. All of the um, field trips and 3D objects and everything else that a teacher would need to uh, hold a class in, inside, in, inside the, uh, in our virtual reality campus. So we only have a, a minute left, so I'm gonna try to get to one last question. Um, so good question. Any question? Uh, talk asking about cost and um, about cost and when the beta will be ready. So as far as the we intend, uh, we're, we're working on finalizing a date once we get more confident about a couple things. But by next week, we should have a specific date for uh, the initial walkthrough for educators and um, opinion uh, opinion leaders. And so we hope that to be in the first, at the latest, the second week of June. And as far as the cost, we don't know yet. What we do know is that um, schools are going to need to have some headsets. Some schools already have them. Um, some schools do not. But we hope to have our business model finalized by about that same time, first week of June. And then we'll roll it out from there. So our, uh, our 30 minutes is up. And I know there are other questions that you have. So I'm going to give you our email address. And um, oh, last question, uh, headsets. Good question. Um, it needs to be a six-off headset. So that means that you want an Oculus Quest, a, a Vive Focus Pro, a Pico Neo, or any of the bigger systems, the, the Vive, the Oculus Rift, uh, Windows Mixed Reality, and of course, HP's uh, amazing headset. So any of those will, will make it better. And, and actually, if you have the more powerful headset, that's when you see the full body. If you're operating off an untethered headset like the Quest or the Neo or the Focus, you, you'll only see the upper half of the torso because of the difference in graphics processing. So um, it's a slightly better experience with uh, the more powerful headsets, but we, what we believe is that most students will be accessing it with a, an untethered headset that they buy for between $400 and $800 a piece. Um, and and the, the final thing is that if you, a lot of schools have an Oculus Go, 
The Oculus Go does not have a strong enough uh, graphics processor to work in this case. So um, that for schools that do have that, you'll have to revisit that issue. And it, of course, it, it won't work for uh, Google, Google Cardboard either. So let me give you our email address. You, you can reach us by email at info at victoryxr.com. The other thing you can do is you can reach out to us via Facebook. We have a, a, obviously a Victory XR Facebook page, but then I'm also on LinkedIn. Renee's on LinkedIn. Wendy is on LinkedIn. And so you can reach us through those as well. And I, and I know there's, there are plenty of questions that are unanswered. We would be happy to answer them. Um, and so just reach out to us. So Wendy and Renee, thanks for giving us some time today. And uh, Tyler, thanks for managing things behind the scene. And Ty, thank you for organizing this. These are our credits rolling at the end. So uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks everyone.